When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren, and uh, we are here for the Ice Wars Three Review Show. And I've uh, my co-host tonight. You remember him from the preview show? Is of course uh, old Jay. Out in Iowa there, UHL legends to those Facebook folks. Jay, what's happening tonight? Not a whole lot, man. I appreciate you having me back on for the review show. Wow, um, we, we ready, ditched... ready to get into the, uh, the the third installment of Ice Wars. There we go. Well, we ditched the other guy. But I think our ratings will go up now. Well, he was busy wearing his his, uh, his Croc cowboy boots at the wedding he was going to, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's going to a movie. Yeah, folks, our other our other host, Alec, couldn't make it. He's at Oppenheimer tonight. So, yeah, or something like that. I don't know. What are what are the odds that he's actually seeing the Barbie movie right now? I'm thinking that's probably where he's at. Yeah. He was scrambling the, the to pink, tell me any other movie. On. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was scrambling to tell me the name of any other movie. Yeah, but, yeah, him and the he, wife are he, front, front row at Barbie. He called Movie Phone, and that was the first one that popped up, so that's what he went with. Yep, exactly. So we're down one here from our preview show, but that's all right. Jay and I, we we tuned in, we uh, we rewatched it because uh, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into why we did and everything else. But uh, um, do you want to get into the fights, or are we going to get? Uh, I'm trying to think. What should we do here? This is we're we're off to a hot start, folks. I have a real 
I'm, I'm, I have no notes set up for what we're going to do here. Um, Real professional show. I don't, you want you want to go through the uh, the fights in the order they happen, and maybe at the end give your final wrap ups and final well, thoughts on it. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, first of all, I'll start with this, and I because I did talk to a bunch of people online um, as the event was going on and after it was over, and the next day, you know, whatever, um, you know, because you get out. Oh, what did you think? Blah blah blah. Whatever. Um, initially, when it first when it first wrapped up. Um, I, you know, and hey, I always said we've been honest with the listeners on this show. I've never lied to anybody on this show and whatever, and I'm not going to candy coat things or whatever, you know, I'll give, you were going to get our actual opinions on things. Um, I, I didn't like it. I was not a fan of this, uh, this event, uh, when it initially ended. And, uh, I was irritated by a few outside things too, though, which has probably shaded my judgment a little bit. Um, but I was not real happy with this event. Um, and then, of course, I knew I had to do the review show, so I went and rewatched it. Well, I should say that the other thing, folks, I had Alec and Sears and John out in the UK. We were doing kind of a group chat. I was doing that. I was trying to look at the betting site, and I was getting mad about that. Um, not that my bets. I won my bets. I, that was good. But uh, the site was screwed up, and you couldn't bet on everything. And, oh, uh, that was a big shit show so i was i was just sort of just irritated for the night i was irritated and all the beer probably didn't help my mood um so when it initially was done i was not a fan but upon rewatching it um it was the fights were a lot better than i remembered them being again it was probably the beer haze that uh you know i've looked at it with a little clearer eyes the second time and uh there were some damn good tilts in this thing, to be completely honest. Um, still a few snafus that we'll talk about, but uh, it was certainly my my recommend my my overall score went up after rewatching it. There's my long winded intro to that. Uh, Jay, what were you thinking about this? Honestly, it's pretty much exactly as you said it. On on first watch, it was kind of well, yeah. I, I, I was disappointed in the production. I was disappointed in. I wasn't disappointed in the guys on the on the ice at all. I want to make that very clear. But everything else kind of put a put a sour taste in my mouth a little bit. And then today, but, but like you, I wasn't focused one hundred percent on the broadcast. Um, but today, I went back and watched everything again, and I thought, you know, this, this was like there's some damn good fights. Yeah, there is. And and there's there's some issues I think led to the product in in the ice box, quote unquote, not being as good as it could as as it was in the first two. Um what I think I think the elevation in Cheyenne had a lot to do with it. Oh yeah. Um well it, it's it's three times the elevation of Edmonton. Yep. And I don't care who you are, that's gonna that, that's gonna put a, a damper on your performance. And then everything else going on kind of you know uh, I'm like, all right, well, let's go. But watching it again today with with unbiased eyes, I'll say it, it was a pretty good show. It was well worth the twenty bucks. That's for damn sure. Oh yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, for twenty bucks, I mean, you know, that's pretty cheap entertainment, and uh, you know, without a doubt, I will. You know, again, being honest, I did. I found it to be the weakest of the three shows, um, but. And again, nothing to do with the fighters. Um, 
but we'll get into the whole, uh, we'll get into each fight and stuff. Um, but you know, and the, and the, and to be fair to the event, there was some stuff that was out of their control that, you know, definitely, they definitely had some roadblocks thrown at them. And I mean, you had Curtis Swanson, um, retiring. Now, granted, he gave them, you know, it was a month notice or three or four weeks. Like they had time, but they had that. Then they have JF LaFrance, another veteran of two ice wars, break his hand in training. So that was put him on the scramble. And then Justin Schmidt having flight issues and not being able to make it to all of a sudden, now you're down from an eight man tournament to a seven man tournament. So, I mean, they had an uphill climb right out of the gate. And, uh, you know, and they managed to get the two MMA guys to fill in for Swanson and LaFrance. And they did an admirable job. We'll get into that. But at the same time, you, you think about their match. Because I saw some people complain about the fight, whatever. Well, take the, again, not knocking the MMA guys, but, you know, they're MMA guys. They're not hockey fighters. Well, you take them out of it and you put Swanson and LaFrance in there and then put Schmidt in that tournament. That's a whole different look pay-per-view. Than what we oh, got. Absolutely. I mean, the, if, if that's the case, I mean, top to bottom, those fights are going to be. I, I don't want to speak to what could have been. Yeah. But just given just given past history, the way those three fighters have performed in past ice wars, they're going to be part burners. Yeah, and then now so it was yeah it was it was an uphill battle pretty much all the way for those for for the crew of Ice Wars three. Yeah, and you're scrambling trying to find people, and you know, so I mean, yeah, so I definitely feel for him in that sense because that's kind of that shit's out of your hand, right? When you're airlines and everything else. So I mean, you know, now again, it, everybody, and I know there's been plenty of people online. All of a sudden, you get the Monday morning quarterbacks, and I mean, I'm not trying to sound like I'm trying, I'm doing that, but um, you know, there are probably think, yeah, maybe you could have done this, or you could have done this, this, and this. Well, yeah, you could have, you know, but. Yeah, they didn't. Hindsight's so, always twenty twenty. Yeah, well, that's, everyone's a genius with hindsight. So it's like, you know, yeah, it's and it's easy to sit on the sidelines and point fingers and, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, of course you wouldn't. Sure. You know, so, yeah. So, I mean, I felt for him in that sense. And, again, yeah, I mean, like you said, you put those three guys in that tournament. Now, that's as good a tournament as they've had in, in, in any of the three. So, yeah, so it's like, okay, it was initially there on paper out of the gate that, well, yeah, it would have been a different show. Now we'll get into the fights and then I think that's what we'll do. We'll do the fights here. We'll talk about it and the the whole deal. And then at the end, we'll kind of our, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do some compliment sandwiches as Stewie Griffin would say, (laughs) you know, so because we will talk about, you know, hey, like we said, we gotta, we're gotta we going to be honest about shit. We'll give an honest review and we'll give our opinions. But we'll also, you know, it's not all, we're not just here to take a shit on it. So it's like, no, it wasn't all that bad or anything like that. So. Well, no, you have, you have the most intelligent and attractive listenership in all of hockey podcasting. So we owe it to them to be honest with them. That's true. That's true. And Tim right now is thinking we're talking about him. You know, <laughs> leading the show, but maybe, but yes, but I've always said, I like to think I have an intelligent listening crowd that that's why they're here, and, but they, and they trust us to, uh, be completely honest with them. So that's what we're going to do. So, all right. 
That's why we didn't include Alec. You don't want that shifty guy in here because then he'll. Well, no, he, he doesn't count as a listener. He counts as a as a missing in action guest at this point. And I really hope that his Ryan Gosling fangirling is going well at this point. And he, I hope he's, I hope he's proud of himself right now. Exactly. You know what you did? You know what you did, sir? You let down an entire listening audience. Try sleeping. There are ten. There are tens of people around the world. Yep. Who are disappointed in you right now? There's a guy in the Isle of Malta that won't be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> but here we go. We'll try to do was our it, best. Was it you're, you're, you're huge in Bahrain though? Was oh no, it was it was uh, the Emirates, UAE. Yes, the number one hockey podcast in UAE. Yeah, I, I, they're, I, they're crushed that Alex is dressed in his pink cowboy outfit right now, watching Barbie. I hope you're happy with yourself. This yeah, much show. I, I had a couple people apparently teaching English over there, I think, or something. And they, the three of them happened to listen to my show one day. And all of a sudden, I became the number one hockey show over there. So, haven't been able to climb to those heights of success since. But one day, maybe. I got it once. Hey, hey, what, once you climb Everest, you could say you've climbed Everest for the rest of your life, buddy. That's true. I could say at one point, I did have, I was ahead of Don Cherry and Spit and Chiglets one day. One day, but and, and I'm not, you know, I think it was in Thailand, but doesn't matter. For one day, I was. So, yeah, there we go. I actually should have taken a screenshot of that. Is what I should have done. But you're pretending like you don't have the chartables framed on your wall, like the uh, oh no, I've, I've a record frame. I am totally saying I should have done that. Exactly. Oh, I yeah, I should have taken a picture and hung it on the wall. I have no, I completely would have done that, but I didn't, unfortunately. But uh, Anyway, but yes, so we won't, uh, we'll give you, you're going to get our honest review here, folks, of the show. Um, and actually, before I get it, I believe on Live One, with the uh, the host site that had the show, I get, can you get the replay for $5 right now? Is that what I read? Somebody told Honestly, me. Honestly, that's, that's what I heard somewhere. Um, yes. I had to, you know, I'm logged into my account or whatever on the, uh, on the streaming platform I prefer, but... I have heard. I think it was five. Yeah, five bucks for the replay. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's that's a no brainer. Yes. So anybody listening to this right now, if you if you didn't uh, watch the show, um, for five bucks, come on. Like, yeah, it's worth five dollars. So yeah, just why not? Right. Support the event anyway. I mean, yeah, it's five it's, instead of twenty, but hey, you're still paying money. So, and I don't care if if you're you know I. As, as we talked about before we got on the air, I I understand that there's some people who aren't Ice Wars people. And you know what? If you don't like Ice Wars, it's worth five bucks to watch it and take the piss out of it, folks. Yeah. Watch it and then get online and shit on it then, I guess. I don't know. There you go. And then and then your your opinion is actually valid because you're a paying customer. Exactly. Yeah. There 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 was a lot of opinions out there of people that weren't valid or you know, valued customers or you know, it was, uh, but I, I've talked about that the last episode on Wednesday, my <laughs> Wednesday episode. I talked about those that if it doesn't benefit them, they're not really interested, but they were big Ice Wars fans before. Oh yeah, sure they were. So well, that's what I was going to get a free promo code. Yeah. Did you get a free promo code? If you can't afford it, I tell you, if you can't afford five bucks, send me a message on, on Facebook. I'll, I'll PayPal you five bucks so you can watch the replay. There you go, folks. How can you go wrong? 
So let's get into this, shall we? Well, the opening, the opening bout was, uh, actually the first fight of the heavyweight tournament. And, uh, it was our pick a click. Ryan Devine was our, uh, preview, uh, pick to win it. Uh, he was taking on the Chris Lockhart, who was the MMA fighter that replaced Curtis Swanson. And, um, yeah, man, Ryan Devine was as advertised and, uh, Right when they, the bell rang, they squared off, and the first thing he does is throw a Superman punch to start the tournament. I said, well, son of a bitch, this guy's a showman, I'm telling you right now. And <laughs> Well, like, like we talked about, that, that's, he is like late 80s, early 90s, WWF, yeah. heel to the core. And when he come out with the, the Kevin BX, a Superman punch, you knew right away, like, this is, this is going to be a show. Yep. Yeah, and he had, and like I said, coming down and even around the rink, he's skating. And every time the camera panned to him, he had that shit-eating grin or that smirk, and he's looking out at the crowd, and he just has that, like, I'm better than you air to him. And it was just, I was loving it. And it was, uh, I could see how he would, oh, he could get the opposition fired up. I could imagine uh, visiting fans at rinks just, like, throwing shit at him. Like, I could see it. Like complete Roddy Piper vibes. I was thinking and that, that. That's the way he plays too. Yeah. Like so. speaking of someone who has who can watch it, you know the games at ice level, he's got that shit-eating grin. He'll sh- he'd shake his gloves, and the guy would obviously wouldn't fight him, and he'd get that shit-eating grin and skate past the opposing bench like that. But I mean, right from the get-go, he's got the you know, the Broad Street bully nickname, wearing the flyer shorts. But uh, <laughs> he was still wearing the Knoxville Ice Bears SPHL socks, though. I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Brought a little SP with him to Cheyenne. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so he throws the Superman punch. And then, um, um, and uh, see, this is, okay, this is an issue. So this is the opening, like I said, this is the opening fight. And right, and right away, we get the helmet shit again. And... They haven't brought the helmets kept coming off. And I will say in Edmonton, um, they actually let them fight. If there, if there was a flurry going on or, and they were doing some and they were exchanging, the refs wouldn't get in there. They'd kind of let it go until there was a, like a, an opportunity to, to jump in right away. These refs were all over it. They were they jumping. Were they were jumping they, in. They for made everything. themselves known early. Yeah. Early and often, as the kids say. Yes. And the three of us watching were yelling at the computer to, what are you doing? Like, get out of there. And it was, but it was like you could see they were acting like they were legitimately breaking up a real hockey fight. Like, if some guy got an advantage all of a sudden, and they were getting near the boards, all of a sudden they were like jumping in. And it was like, what are you doing? Like, let them, like, let them fight. This is a, like, let them fight out of it. Yeah, they broke fight. Yes. And they were like jumping in. And, uh, I know Morasti talked to him after the second fight about letting them go. And, and they did relax as the event went on, but the first couple, they were just in there constantly. The helmets kept coming off constantly. Lockhart was bleeding hard right away. So they were checking yeah, on, he, the, he was a mess. Yeah. So they were checking on that right away. And, uh, it, it just, this first fight with like, and Divine looked really good. And I know Divine has said online that Lockhart like did catch him with a few. It wasn't all just once, but Divine definitely controlled this, but 
uh, and he he was as advertised. But you could also tell right away that the altitude was taking its toll because the vine was, they were both sucking wind. And it was like, initially, I had bet on, of course, the vine to win the tournament. And I'm like, oh, and they're saying afterwards, like, oh, your boy looks like he's gassed out already. And I'm like, holy shit, it looks like he's going to pass out during the post-game interview. I'm like, this ain't good. But then it turns out they're all like that. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, everyone's suffering from the same thing. But, um... But I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah, the first fight was just real. Uh, it was just it was clunky. What was your? Uh, yeah. wh- it, it was definitely choppy. Um, I think Lockhart coming into it. I don't think he had any idea what he was getting into. No. Um, and that first round, it was that first round was all divine. Um, even though it seemed like it took 20 minutes with all the stoppages for the helmets and the so Lockhart landed a couple good shots. Um, Divine was uh, nose was bleeding after the first round. Second round, I think, was a lot stronger for Lockhart. Even though Divine, I, I think it was pretty clear Divine took that one too. Um, but I just don't think Lockhart had a near enough time and experience, or B had any idea what he was really getting into with just just the the genuine just you're just there to fight on skates. Yeah. I mean, he got the shit draw of it for sure. Um, I think what would have benefited him if the event was on ice. I think oh, absolutely. He, yeah, he would have been a little better on ice with his skates. You could tell he was struggling on the synthetic. Divine struggled a little bit on the synthetic too. But yeah, and he's and as someone who's seen him play off and on for parts of three seasons, like he's a pretty solid skater as a defenseman too. And yeah, you could see a couple times he almost went down when he was all by himself. Yeah. Yeah. So the synthetic was kind of getting him too. So if you're getting him, what's it going to do to some guy that's like not a hockey player, right? I mean, yeah. So th- he really struggled. And I know he was really trying to wrap Divine up a lot. Like there was a lot of in tight stuff. Like he was grabbing them. And I mean, they, they fell through the boards and, you know, and that, it was just like, oh my God, this guy's, they're gassed. They fell through the boards. This guy's falling down. The other guy's bleeding all over. It's like, what? Holy shit. Like this is, this is Carney right out of the gate. Like this isn't a good opening look for your pay-per-view. No, especially when you got, you hear the power drill in the background, running the two by fours in the back of the boards as the guys are fighting right after they went through the boards. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll give it to the quote unquote ice crew. They were there with the old DeWalt running the running the screws through it. Yeah. But you think you might want to get that a little bit figured out before before the gloves drop, well, so to speak, gloves drop for the opening fight. Yeah. So yeah, that was a rough opening fight. Divine looked good, I mean, as advertised, and he went on and obviously picked up the unanimous win, but it was a clunky start and um yeah, so right away, and again, we were all watching it, and like I said, my mood was soured because I couldn't bet on that fight like I wanted to, and yeah, I was in a mood already. That got me going, and then uh, it sort of carried on from there, but uh, uh, where's my notes here? The second fight, we had Catlin, Big Snake, versus Zach Hughes, and Zach Hughes was the late addition for... Uh, uh, JF LaFrance, who had broken his hand. So Hughes came in and two massive dudes, 6'6 six, six a piece and 300 pounds and 270 respectively. And, uh, the Giants met. And, um, uh, well, I'll 
I'll I'll give my I'll you you there. Easy for me to say. What are your thoughts? I'll let you go first on this one, uh, Jay. What are your thoughts on this fight? I gotta say, I excuse me. I gotta give all the credit in the world to Mr. Hughes. He had what two or three days? Yeah, coming from I think it was Omaha, Nebraska, making the drive out to Cheyenne, which is it's as someone who's made that drive, it's awful. There is nothing to see. Um, but I give all the respect in the world for him coming out, having no idea what he's getting into. But there was a pretty, a pretty stark difference, I think, in just experience. Um, you know, Hughes, Hughes was fighting from behind pretty much the entire fight. Um, big snakehead, you know, headshots. He went to the body. I, I thought it was a pretty decent fight, but Big Snake just pushed him around. You could tell that he was a lot more comfortable on his skates, which, I mean, you'd expect. A guy who played, you know, significant time in juniors, still plays in senior league in Canada, you'd, you, you'd expect him to come in and just overmatch Hughes, and that's that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, and I will say there was a couple times, like, these two dudes hit the, the floor hard. Like, you could hear the thud. And I mean, yeah. and you get, and I will say, and I don't, I'm, I'm going to try to, I'm trying to get uh, Catlin on the show. I'm going to get him on the show to talk about it, but it almost seemed, and it's a very good game plan though. It's like when he went down and, and I think he made sure to fucking, he was dead weight when he'd land on Hughes. He wasn't oh, like, yeah, yeah, come he, down. And you know, that's, that's, that's games of chip. Yeah. It's, it's you're, you're, if you're not pushing the rules, you're not trying your hardest. Yep, and it was. I like, will say though, it was it was pretty cool seeing former UHL legend Robin Big Snake in the corner of his brother though. Yep, yep. Oh, that's one thing I'll give the Big Snake crowd that they came, they came deep, man. There was like a ton of them at that event. It looked like it from the uh, the social media. There were pictures of like I don't know how many people came with them. There seemed to be a whole crew. So I think he would have been, he would have like, he was like the Amesbury of Ice Wars 3. I think he had the biggest cheering section by the looks of it, judging by social media anyway. But, uh. Oh, absolutely. And there was, I, I gotta say, probably half the people in that bar were, what is it, uh, is it pronounced, I apologize if I pronounced it wrong, is it the, the Sitka Nation? I believe, yeah. Yeah, they represented for sure. Yes. Yep. And, uh, yeah, no, definitely. And I know he, uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously fighting for the, you know, the the reservation and uh, and everything, and he had a lot of a lot of support. I saw a lot of support for him online as well. So, and the thing was, and it wasn't like he had a ton of notice either. Like I think he said forty no. days or something like that. John Morasti had gotten a hold of him, so he started training, and I think he quit smoking cold turkey and hit the gym, and and like <laughs> he he was serious, and it was, um, yeah, he came out and. It, I will say when you watched him, he clearly had a game plan on what he was doing. Uh, oh, absolutely, he wasn't. He wasn't like some of these guys from the first two Ice Wars, where they're like, "I'm going to go out there and just throw punches." Yeah. No, he he had an idea of what he wanted to do, and he did it, and he did it well. Well, yeah, and he would set set it up, and he'd throw the jab, then he'd go to the body. And I'm just thinking, because I think we, Alec and I said it, and, and seriously, when we were talking on the show, we are watching it. It's like, you're at a high, how high of altitude, sucking wind, and then you get this big monster hitting you in the ribs now? Holy shit. And then when you go down, he dead weights you, and just like sack of potatoes under your chest? 
No wonder. Oh, I I can't believe Zach Hughes didn't bring up his lunch from the night before. Like you know, with that guy landing on you and the wind that was getting taken out of him, like he just got. Yeah, beat, that's you know, and, and that, that's why that's why that's why Hughes gets all the respect in the world. Yeah. I mean he he could have he could have said no boss after the first round, but I mean he he was out there and he gave it his all. Yeah, and I mean, and there was a bunch, like, yeah, exactly, took shots, the body at that altitude, got landed on a bunch of times, I mean, eventually it just, like, okay, this is it, like, I think it was, um, it was the second round, I think, yeah, he, eventually the, the fight got stopped, but, yep. yeah, Big Snake looked, he looked solid, and, uh, for that first fight, and like I said, for being away from it, and, you know, relatively short notice on his part, too, so, no, Big Snake looked It makes good. me wonder what, if, if, you know, he had a full, say, you know, three, four, five months to get ready for it. Because, I mean, he, he is speaking, speaking as a guy who is a large individual, he still went out there, and, I mean, you could tell he was gassed, but it's not like he stopped throwing punches. I mean, he didn't just hang, either. Like, he was going for it the entire time. Yeah, like, even in the second round, like, he didn't, like, he, yeah, you could tell he was, you know... But yeah, he wasn't just hanging on, like he was throwing and yeah. No, exactly, like in Ice Wars 4 here, if they have it, when it announced, like, you know, if it gets announced, then they kind of let him know, like, hey, we want you to be a part of this one. And he says yes, and then takes the training seriously and like really prepares for it. And, you know, yeah, it'd be interesting to see at that point what he could do, because he looked really good on short notice here. So, yeah. And hopefully I can get him on here, get him on the show because I think he has an interesting story to tell as well. So, oh, I, I, I'd love to hear that one. Yeah, so for sure. So hopefully we've talked. He said yes. So we just got to set up a time when I get back from the lake here. So um, the third fight was uh, well, former former guest of the show. He actually's been on the show a couple times. Uh, it was uh, old James the Hooligan Brooks, and he took on Andre Tebow from the LNAH, and. Um, yeah, man, it, uh, I, this was a good one. This actually, this fight went three rounds. They had an icebreaker. Um, and it went back and forth. And, uh, Brooks, James lost a ton of weight for this fight. And, uh, but even then he said the altitude got him. He just said, I don't know what it is, man. That altitude, I just, he goes, I've never been that tired in my life. And he, I know he put a lot of training into his cardio and he was still gassed. So yeah, Wyoming took it out of these guys for sure. But Tebow, like I said, played in the AA League this year as well as the LNAH. Um, I was a big fan. When this was over, I, like, I, when we were preparing for the show, um, I went down the Tebow rabbit hole and watched some bunch of his YouTube stuff. And I, we even said in the preview show that we really liked his vibe and it was cool, his fights this year in the LNAH and stuff. I really liked him in this Ice Wars. He was awesome in this. And, uh, yeah, him and Brooks, they, they, they beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, it was a hell of a fight, and that's he's like Tebow's a kind of personality. Nothing against James Brooks because he absolutely is too. Yeah, but these guys are both the kind of personalities that Ice Wars needs. Yep, they're not just the same. And this, I'm not. This is no detraction from any other fighter at all. But you got to have a hook. Yep, because it's there's got to be a little bit more professional wrestling in it than ice hockey. Yeah, you need a gimmick. Yeah, you definitely need a gimmick for sure. Yeah. Both of those guys can bring it. I mean, when, when Brooks come out, and I think it's awesome that he's had so many people willing to support him, but he had to have 50 sponsors on his breezers. 
Oh yeah, like it, it was it was awesome seeing him out there, and you could tell just how much he wanted to do it. He got the Irish, the Irish mouth guard, yeah, going. But I, I think you could tell the difference in experience. Tebow was a lot more patient, I think. Uh, but this this was, I still think this fight was probably the closest of any fight from the night. Yeah, well, Tebow started strong. And like was really machine gunned and in there. And I know we were kind of like, oh shit, Brooks is in one here. Like he, but by mid round of the first round, Brooks makes a comeback and he really probably, probably took the, the final part of the first round. Like he looked like all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, here he comes. Right. And, uh, cause at the same time with, with Brooks, he did play pro hockey, played in the fed, but again, that was a bunch of years ago. Now you're fighting Tebow who was, Obviously, like we said, played this year. So he has the advantage of being a current player. But, uh, yeah, like you said, Brooks hung with him. And it was a real oh, good... absolutely. Yeah, and it was a real good back-and-forth fight. Um, definitely was going to the icebreaker for sure. I wouldn't want to be a judge, I can tell you that. Um, I will say that, that Tebow's got one hell of a chin on him. Yeah, he does. Because Brooks landed a punch near the end of the first round that... I don't think many people are, are getting up from, let alone staying up when they get it. No. And Tebow didn't walk through it, but he didn't go down either. And it was a pretty, it was one of the better punches of the night. Yeah. And the one thing I noticed about Tebow that was really, throughout this tournament, um, really good counter puncher. He would, he would take shots and it looked like he was in trouble and he's eating a bunch of shots. But right away, then he'd make a slight move and he'd like, all of a sudden he'd return fire, like, and just get the guy completely off balance. He did that a couple times, like really good exchanges, like eat a couple, but then would come right back. And I think what really helped him a couple times in this thing, um, was right at the end of rounds. It's almost like in the old boxing terms when you steal around. He did that a couple times. He had the flurry right at the end. I think it was one of these. He caught Brooks right at the end of the round. And it was almost like he put that punctuation mark at the end and like kind of leave the judges like... They sort of forget the first 45 seconds of what happened. They just think of the last 10 where you just dropped this guy or kind of oh, catch Oh, yeah, him. that's... Yeah, the, it's, it's, it's a short-term recency bias. Yeah. You, yeah. you want to leave him with the biggest impression you can... And that impression you want at that last 15 seconds rather than the first 15 or 30 seconds. And Tebow was really good at that. He closed strong. We'll put it that way. He clearly had in the corner. There somewhere. you go. That, that's, that's your that's your nickel phrase of the night. Close strong. That's it. Yeah. And, and he clearly, whoever was in his corner, Swanson, was uh, yeah, obviously keeping him updated very well because every time the round was coming to an end, he would swarm. And yeah finish strong and I think that helped him but again great fight went the went the uh, tiebreaker uh T-Bolt picks up the uh the judge's decision um I gotta say though if they had all of a sudden raised Brooks's hand eh, I wouldn't have been like oh he was robbed like no 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 like Brooks was with him the whole way it was, like I wouldn't I would not been a, have been upset if Brooks had won that fight I I can't say that I wouldn't have picked Tebow, but at the same time, I can't say that I wouldn't have picked Brooks. Yeah. Especially just, like, watching it live, 
it was it was pretty it, it was a razor thin decision. Yep. Watching the replay, I could see maybe an extra shot here and there for Tebow, but it was still it, it was still a close. It was really close fight. It was no, that was a good one, really good. Um, move, the next fight after that was one of the uh, the grudge matches they called it was Travis the loose cannon check and Cole the Viking Johnson, and um, yeah, this uh, this got off fast, man. Anytime I think you have a Travis Check fight, I think it, it starts fast. And, uh, and I mean, what can you say? I mean, Check looked awesome in this fight. He did, like we talked about before we started recording. He looked absolutely the most home on synthetic ice. Yeah. Like he was doing his little pirouettes. He was yeah. moving side to side. He had fantastic motion on that synthetic ice. Yeah. And especially against a bigger guy like the Viking, that's really important. And he was, you know, he, he brought the aggression. He never slowed down. No. Like he was, he, he made, he made Johnson miss with his grabs. And you could tell the Viking was, he was confused out there by, you know, he, check was a lot faster and he moved so much better. I, it was nothing against Cole, the Viking Johnson, but I thought from, from the get go, it was pretty clear who, had the better game plan, who felt more comfortable on the ice. Yeah, and Czech has that real kind of domey vibe to him, right? Like you can see where he grabs the guy up by his shoulder around his neck and he kind of pulls him down and then he kind of, and then he's moving. And kind of, it's almost like, it's not the, like domey had the spin cycle. It's, you know, obviously that's kind of tough to do on a synthetic, but in that same vein, it's kind of that yank and move. And meanwhile, he's winging, you know, bombs at you and, yeah, I mean, yeah, Czech looked awesome. And, um, well, it, you, it, you look at the end of the first round. The end of the first round, Czech is standing up. You know, he was, he was the guy who I thought looked, had, had the best cardio, was less, the least impacted by the altitude. Like, he looked just, just kind of hanging out, having a chat in the first, after the first round. And Johnson is doubled over, bleeding. He's got the end swell pressed to his face, trying to get the mouse down under his eye. And it was, I mean, it was pretty clear from there. It, it's going it, to end fairly shortly. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, like I said in the in my episode before this on Wednesday, uh, I would have loved to have seen, I would love to see a Czech-Amesbury fight. That would be something to see. Um, it's going to be really interesting going forward. Um, who they, who they find for him. Um, yeah, cause he's fun to watch and I think you could definitely, um, you know, a fan favorite. I, I would think going forward, I, well, I, I, we were talking about this before we got going. If I was doing the paper, like again, with hindsight and everything else, but I think we even said it in our preview show, having watched him fight the, the first two ice wars. Um, that, th- that, this is the fight I would have led the show off with. Just to get things started hot, yeah, because he's going to come out fast. Oh, absolutely, especially with with. But let's be honest here, the the crowd in Cheyenne had no idea what they were going to see. No, exactly. And if you throw that in front of them from the get go, they're going to be in it. That's not to say that they weren't in it from the Divine Lockhart match because I think they were. But like, if you give them that as the first fight out of the gate, give. Give Travis check as this is what Ice Wars is. This is why we're here. They're gonna 
they're going to be going all night long. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's what happened, uh, at the first ice wars when I was there live in Edmonton. Um, the first fight was, eh, you know, it was all right. And the crowd was still sort of looking around like, what is this? Like, you know, all like they were, people were still unsure of what was going on. And then the second fight I believe was Swanson and LaFrance and they had like, they, it was going back and forth and then they kind of just had that toe to toe, that 10, 15 second exchange in the middle of the rink and the, the place blew. And then from then on, there was that buzz because it's like, oh, this is what we're here for. And I think you would have got that from the Czech Johnson fight if you had led that off. That that would be my that would have been my game plan if I was putting this together. I think I would have led with that fight, you know. But again, with hindsight and everything else. But those that are around, they were around to watch Czech. They know what he can do in those first two fights because they were in ice wars at the first two. So that's what I would have done myself. But uh, regardless, it was uh, yeah tremendous showing and uh, yeah. Travis check with the I victory. I, I do kind of understand the way they had it set up, though, because you kind of want to give the winner of the first fight and the second fight at least a little bit of break before you're going into the semifinal fights. That's true. And I think I think them not having um, not being able to find a, a fight for your guest Haley. I apologize, I don't remember her last name. Um, they couldn't oh. find a fight for Haley. Yes, I think that would have been a perfect spot for her to fight. Where you get, you know, you bring in check first, then you get your first two or three tournament fights, and then you bring in that kind of up and comer, yeah, you know, women's fight on ice, which is tremendous to see. If you haven't listened to the episode with her, go back and listen to it. She's, if she doesn't get an ice wars, it's going to be a crime because she is ready to go. <laughs> Yes, Haley Ross, um, the boss Ross from Meadow Lake. She's a John Morasty find, um, and she was supposed to be in this. And unfortunately, uh, both of her opponents backed out. So, um, well, they probably heard her interview on your show. They're like, "I'm not fighting her." Yeah, I, I was gonna say because she was wound up for it, and she was uh, she's a women's hockey player, and um, and she was ready to she was ready to rock and roll. So. Yeah, I hope for this fourth one, uh, they find a fight for her. I know they're really trying to, and they really want to get her involved. So, yeah, and, uh, yeah, the uh, women's fight, that would be, that'd be something to see. And, uh, they were trying. Like you said, that would have been an interesting spot for it. You're right. I never thought of the tournament thing, though. Yeah, the more, especially in Cheyenne Wall, especially as it turned out with the way the altitude was. Um, yeah, you want to give these guys as much chance to, uh, have a break. And then of course, like you said, they had the buy and everything else. So yeah, I guess you want to give these guys as much wind as you can or let them get, get their wind back as much as you can. But, um, well, the next fight here was, uh, well, round two of the tournament, uh, Corey Allen, who got the buy because unfortunately Justin Schmidt, uh, was not there. Uh, so Corey Allen, again, a nice wars veteran in the first two. That's why he was given the bike and he kind of had uh, seniority. So he was the one that was given the buy when it, which I can understand. And, uh, and he fought Ryan divine and, um, uh, yeah, divine fought this really interesting. He wouldn't really grab. He was, uh, he was elusive. He kind of had the stick and move thing going. And, uh, and he fought it beautifully and, uh, Corey just could never get anything going and, uh, couldn't find his rhythm. And, uh, 
and it's, and that's a tough tough battle even though divine had already fought once um yeah he he kind of had i know he was he was giving Corey fits in this one how did you see this oh absolutely you could tell divine was fighting for the final yeah he wanted to save i think i think the first fight kind of took him by surprise with the amount of cardio like he he's a good hockey player but i think it took him by surprise how the elevation affected him. And you could kind of see how he was fighting for the final. You know, he came out, he had a, he had a big left, uh, three, four, five shots. Allen was pretty much overwhelmed from the get go. I think, um, I, I think divine got literally got hit once the first round. Yeah. Um, and going from there, it was, I thought it was pretty clear. He was going to take, if there was a decision, he was going to take it. Um, Allen had kind of a greasy shot there. Divine kind of fell down, and the refs the refs were in there. Allen had kind of a greasy shot. Um, but you could tell this is another fight where Divine looked like he was getting pretty frustrated with that synthetic ice. Yeah, like he was he was skating around, catching his edge, you know, stomping his foot down, um, trying trying to get you know plant his plant his skates. But I. I think this was pretty much the most lopsided fight of the night. I was, I was expecting a little more out of a uh, Corey Allen who hadn't fought before, who had fought before tonight or this night, but was experienced in ice wars. And I thought it was, it was pretty, pretty one-sided fight. It was, um, I haven't had a chance to talk to Corey. Um, I know he's obviously be, you know, you know, everybody always, you'd be disappointed with your performance if you don't win, obviously. Um, you know, a tough, a tough go. I mean, you have the bye, and then you face Ryan Devine again. Um, you know, who was the well, not according to the odds of the bookmakers, but he should have been the favorite. And um, yeah, I can recall the, someone saying that uh, if their wife had let him, they would have put a fifty grand on him to win the tournament. Yes, there was. Yeah. Oh, believe me, there was. There was plenty of yelling at the spreads.ca website and the people that managed that website uh, that night. I can tell you, I was, uh, I was really, um, K, uh, Kathy K at spreads.ca at their, as, as their operator, uh, their live op chat operator. Uh, yeah, does not want to hear from Darren from Saskatoon anymore. I can tell you that because I was Kathy K. I'd like to take this moment to apologize yeah. on an internationally acclaimed podcast. For the host's actions that night, he was inebriated. He was angry at your website, not at you. So please accept my apology in his stead, and I wish you nothing but the best going forward. It was it was Kathy Kays or whatever. Her response is what got me eventually inebriated. I wasn't inebriated at the time <laughs> talking to her, but I drank it away after because I was that mad about it. Oh yes, my wife heard all about it every time I went upstairs to use the washroom. Yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was as this as this card was going, as the fights were going on, I, my anger was slowly building after each fight that I couldn't bet on, and I was just watching money losing money, not not literally, but figuratively flying out the window that I could have been winning betting that they wouldn't Slipping let me bet. through your fingers. Oh, yeah. I was getting hot about it. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, Divine just looked solid in this one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there were... You, you could tell he had a game plan going into this fight, and he executed it perfectly. Yes. 
Absolutely. Well, the next one is uh, round two is Tebow versus Big Snake. Um, again, um, Tebow looked really good at countering Big Snake's punches. Um, again, we had helmet issues, which was getting annoying. Um, this action went three rounds too. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised it did. Um, I thought I thought Tebow was he was. Much more active of the two fighters. There was a, there was a lot of stoppage in this one. It was it was really clunky. Yeah, um, and I think they were both pretty gassed out going into it. Uh, Tebow walked right through a massive punch from Big Snake, and when when he walked through that, I thought, yeah, that's that's pretty indicative of how this fight's going to go. Um, but what surprised me is how strong Tebow was in this one. Like Big, Big Snake is a large human being. Yeah, and Tebow was pushing him around and actually like pulling him down a few times, but not not to. I, I don't. I don't want to make light of anybody's potential injuries or stoppages of fights, but there was a couple, a couple incidents where I thought a, a guy might be able to go forward. It, it's it's easy for me to say this from you know from the couch drinking beers, but. Tebow went down. It looked like he hurt his knee, but then he just planted his skate, dug that foot in, and he kept going. Yep. And he, uh, the guy has to get credit for that. Yep. And I thought, in my opinion, I don't think it necessarily needed to go to a third round. Um, I don't think the third round proved a whole lot, but it was that kind of cemented my uh, my thoughts on Mister Tebow that he's he, he's in this. He's in this to fight. He's in this to be a warrior. He's not in this just to say, "Hey, I'm fighting on the pay per view." No, exactly. And I will say, for the in the third round, for as much as they were sucking with everything, Big Snake started the the third round strong. And oh, I was absolutely! Like, and I was like, "Holy shit, he's going to win this!" And it was like, but then Tebow again counterpunched, and he landed that last big shot on Big Snake. Who kind of went down from it and got up, but what it just it looked really good for Tebow, and of course he got the victory. Um, but Big Snake definitely, um, no, well none of these guys do, but just in terms of this fight, nothing to be, uh, nothing you know. He's definitely got to be proud of the effort. Um, he looked, you know, for, again on relatively short notice to come out of nowhere, and uh, he put on a hell of a show for his two fights for sure. Yeah, he did, and I'm, I was. Obviously, I'm I'm very familiar with his brother. I knew very little about him, but I, I'm a big fan of of the Chief Big Snake. He he went out there, and there was nothing. That's like you said. There's nothing to be ashamed of. He left it all out of the ice. I don't know that there's more he physically could have done. And if Tebow hadn't landed that big shot at the end, it, it's hard to say that the judges wouldn't have given it to Big Snake. Yeah, exactly. No, Tebow pulled that one out. I think at the end, and uh, yeah, and it was it was a good fight, good one. Um, well, the next one uh, uh, we go. Uh, what was initially uh, would be the I guess the co-main event, the grudge match, uh, Justice Smoke versus Bo Cornell. Um, well, I'll let you take it away for this one. I will. I'll counterpoint you after. But uh, what were your thoughts of this fight? I, I think this was the fight of the night. Yep, 
I had um, it written right here in underline, fight of the night. Yep. Going into it, I had a feeling it might be. Um, I mean, you spoke to Bo Cornell on your show. There was some heat on social media. Yep. Um, I mean, Smoke had a huge shot right off the hop. But Cornell came back. I'll give him that. And and Smoke had a lot, of, especially the first round, Smoke had a lot of big, looping power punches. Um, but Cornell was he, he was coming straight down with some quick shots. His hand speed really impressed me. You could tell he had worked on it. Um, but man, it was it, that first round was a hell of a first round. Yeah, I think Smoke landed better in the first round, but I do think, and and I know Smoke was pretty pissed off by it. Uh, but I think Cornell landed probably the cleanest and best punch of the night on Smoke that dropped him. The the lines were in refs, whatever I call them. They were they were kind of in the way, kind of not. Um, it wasn't it wasn't an open ice punch. I'll say that. But he landed a monster shot on Smoke, and I thought it was done. Yeah. But Smoke come right back up. Um, even about halfway through the first round. They kind of went down. You could tell Smoke was already favoring his knee, but he he got back up after that. And, you know, they went back at it. Um, the the second round was, I thought the first round was pretty was pretty close. I think Cornell landed the best punch, but I think Smoke landed more punches. Uh, going into the second round, I don't think it was quite as close. I think Smoke definitely took a, a solid edge in that second round. Um, I think he had the second best cardio of the night behind Travis Check, and I was a little surprised to see it go to that icebreaker round. And I was again, I'm, I'm not going to lie to your listeners. I was I was kind of disappointed. It, it, it's again it's easy for me to say, and this is nothing against Justice Smoke. I was kind of disappointed to see him go down in his corner and not be able to answer the bell for the third round. Yeah, no, that sucked. And, uh, yeah, you don't want to see, because you want to see a fight, like, you know, play itself out and then have the pick the winner, you know, uh, you know, have it go from there, not from an injury stoppage. And especially when it's a tide and they're going to go into an icebreaker and they're not able to. So, you know, you're kind of left with this kind of a sour taste, um, Again, we're sitting on there drinking beers and, you know, yelling at the thing, let's go. But, um, you know, it, it's too bad that uh, that Justice couldn't, uh, you know, take part in the third round. Um, yeah, at that point, it's, uh, you know, at that it's anybody's ball game at that point. I mean, you know, both of them are obviously sucking wind. They both have taken shots. Um, Cornell obviously doesn't have the injury issues that Smoke had, so... Going into that 30-second icebreaker round would have been interesting. I guess at that point, I think if you're smoke, you're just sort of planting it and just going for the knockout because you can't move too much because of your knee if they had continued. But, so it would have been interesting to see. But yeah, both did a hell of a job for the first two rounds. Like I said, fight of the night, I agree with you. Um, it's a shame they couldn't finish. And, you know, we could get a decision. But uh, it, it was a good one. It was a good one. Well, you know as well as I do that Smoke has he has an immense power. Well, look yep. at you know Ice Wars two, he he one punched a guy. Yep, and he landed damn near almost a clean a punch as Cornell, 
and Cordell got back up and came back at him. So I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not saying I don't think Bo deserved a win at all because he earned that fight. Yep. But like you said, it would have been nice to see it go that extra 30 seconds just to see what would have happened. Yep. Yeah, it's like the, it's the what if, right? And uh, nobody likes the what if. So, yeah, it's too bad and uh, that it had to end that way. But, hey, strong showing by both guys, and congratulations to both for winning it. And, uh, yeah, hopefully for four, they'll both come back strong, and, uh, you know, we'll see what they got. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings dot com slash sportsbook for details for state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt in required. Max bet fifty dollars. Ten plus leg required for one hundred percent boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, we're back at it here. It was uh, we're stopping and starting and stopping and starting. Hey, actually, that would have been a good place. I'll have to put my ad in there. That's what'll the ad read will st- separate these one parts one and two. But uh, the the uh, the DraftKings ad, yes. But the here Draft we are. Took more of my money tonight. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what happens. But um, the final fight of the night is the uh, tournament final, and uh, Ryan Devine, Andre Tebow. Uh, T-Bolt coming in uh, on a little beat up. Like we said, he hurt his knee in that last fight, but he, he gutted it through. Um, but this one was over quick. And it, it, will, it most certainly was. Yeah, I think it was about 20 seconds. And uh, yeah, Divine hit him with a, with a three-piece to start. And T-Bolt went down. And then T-Bolt got fired up. And uh, Divine got fired up. And then uh, it was a left uppercut. And... Uh, that was all she wrote. You know, the old, the old three piece combo with the biscuit to finish it off. Yep. I will say, if, if for your listeners, go on, uh, go on YouTube. They actually had a pretty damn good scrap in the federal league. They did, yes. Um, I think Tebow was with Binghamton, maybe the Black Bears, yep. and uh, I'm pretty sure Divine was with the Watertown Wolves. And like it, it was a hell of a scrap, but. Like I mentioned earlier, I think you could tell after that big snake fight, it, it wasn't going to go well because he was Tebow was was gassed out and he was nursing that injury. Yeah. So I mean, kudos to him for even going out there and answering the bell. No, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, yeah. So there's Ryan Devine is your Ice Wars three champion, and. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be really interesting going forward uh, for Ice Wars Four. Um, 
you know, well, again, it's been put out online, so I'm not talking out of school. It hasn't been officially announced yet, but who knows what happens. Don't, don't everybody start, you know, don't start booking your plane tickets or anything. Um, but it's apparently happening in Florida, uh, later this fall. So, uh, I hope, hopefully, um, Ryan Devine can make his way back and, uh, you know, cause hopefully it starts before the East Coast League season starts or the Southern Pro or wherever he happens to end up. I can, I can see Ryan Devine being in the East Coast League this year. Um, oh, absolutely. And he, and he has, he has the skill to play at the coast without a doubt. Yeah. Well, certainly the toughness and, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun to watch too. So, uh, but hopefully it is before that. So we see him out there and, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting going forward what uh what they have in store for the for the uh for Ice Wars 4. Um um uh, well, we had talked offline about or off air about uh about the, you know, we well we mentioned earlier about the guys that weren't in it in the what if game. Um it'd be an interesting tournament as we said if we went back and you know and well, and in the first fight, you know, Chris Lockhart replaced Curtis Swanson. So now if you play the what if game and you have Curtis Swanson facing Ryan Devine, um, that's a different fight for sure. That that that's a much different fight. Yeah, and I'm not going to say that that Swanee would take it out of hand, but I mean you have to take into account that if you collectively take everybody that Ryan Devine has fought in professional hockey, I don't know that combined they have as many fights as Curtis Swanson has just himself. No, and it's, I doubt it. Yeah. He knows he knows every trick in the book. Um, and I'm not nothing against Curtis Swanson. Everybody knows his balance has always been the issue. I don't know if Divine could use his his strength to work that balance, but I don't think it's going to be an easy fight for him. And I think it's going to be probably closer than Lockhart Divine would have been. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely would have been. And, um, because, you know, as, as, well, as I'd say if Swanson was sitting right beside me, I'd say the same thing. Swanson would agree with me. Um, you know, Swanson's balance was never great. He was always rough on his skates. His balance would, regardless of that, his balance would be better than Chris Lockhart's was. Um, you know, being an MMA fighter and not a hockey player. Um, so I think the fight would have at least looked different for sure. I don't think they would have been falling all that much and falling through the boards and everything else. Um, yeah, I, would think, been... I think the, the, the biggest part of the fight that would have been different is the first round. Because not only being an Ice Wars veteran, but having so many professional tilts under his belt, Swanee would have known coming out of the gate what to expect. And I don't think Lockhart ever recovered after that first round where Divine just overwhelmed him. Yeah. So it would have been, it, it would have been, it's a fight I would have paid to see just that fight. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we're, t- and when we talk about Curtis Swanson, we're talking about a guy that's fought Morasti and Bosse and Barhog and Terrio and, you know, so Mayrad. I mean, so it's not like he's, this is new shit to him. Like he's, you know, you know, and, uh, and he, and he was fighting those guys as a 19 year old. Yeah. You know, the only thing Swans is fighting at that time would be father time right now. Right. So, yeah. that, you know, and, uh, you know, and Divine's obviously got that on his side. So no, it would have been an interesting, 
first round matchup, you know, it would have been, again, not saying Swanson, you know, oh, Divine's lucky Swanee didn't fight, you know, I'm not saying that, I don't, I'm not saying Swanson would have won, I'm not saying Swanson would have lost though either, um, it would have been a real interesting fight, we'll put it that way, it would have been a much more competitive fight, again, nothing taken away from Chris Lockhart, but, you know, um, you know, if we stick these guys in an MMA, in an MMA cage, my money's on Chris Lockhart. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, Muay, uh, you know, U.S. Army Muay Thai champion. Yeah, two times. Yeah. So, but that don't translate with skates on. So it's, um, yeah, that's, so it would have been interesting for sure. And then the next, um, what's the next one? Oh, it was Big Snake. Um, if that had been, uh, JF LaFrance. Yeah. See, that would have been interesting. JF LaFrance versus Big Snake. Because, uh, I can tell you for it, as big as Hughes and everything, there is no way Zach Hughes is stronger than J.F. LaFrance. No. That dude looks like a comic book character. Yeah. So now Big Snake's got to push around a Coke machine. And it's like, that ain't going to happen that easy. And oh. uh, and again, and an active player. LaFrance played this year, uh, or he's played the last bunch of years. So And again, been in both ice wars. He knows what to expect. So this, that fight might have been complete, well, that not might have been, it, that would have been a completely different fight for Big Snake to fight LaFrance. I think, I think it would have been, as much as I like Catlin Big Snake in a story, and as big as a fan I am of his brother, I think it, it would have went a different way. Because, I mean, there's, there's a difference pushing around a guy who has played rec league hockey occasionally, and pushing around a refrigerator with a head who has played in the LNAH the last few years. Yeah, and led the LNAH in fights. I believe yeah. LaFrance led the league in fights this year. So, yeah, so, I mean, he's actively been, yeah, he fought 20-some times. So, it's like, and he's been in both ice wars. So, I think Big Snake, as they say, would have been in one if he had had to have fought, <laughs> fight LaFrance. Um Again, I'm not saying he wouldn't have won. I'm not saying that. But I, it would have definitely been a tougher fight. And, uh, yeah, it would have been interesting. And then the last what if, of course, uh, Corey Allen had the bye. But it would have been, and then we would have had Allen. Well, no, who would have Schmidt been fighting? Oh, Tebow. Yeah. So, we, man, man, Andre Tebow versus Schmidt in that first that round. Would have been a, that would have been, that, that might have been fight of the night right there. Yeah, I think so. And that one, that I remember when we talked about in the preview show, because that, because that was still supposed to happen when we did the preview show. That's was, right. And uh, we, I think we all took Schmidt actually to win that fight if they had fought, I believe. But we were both, all of us were sort of like, man, I don't know, like that's really going to go either way. This one. And I, I tell you what, after seeing, you know, again hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah. after watching. Ice Wars 3, I don't know that I could pick Schmidt to beat Tebow in that first round. Yeah. Because, I mean, Tebow can eat a punch now. Yeah, he can. Like, he he ate a couple monster shots from everybody he fought. I mean, granted, we'll take take the, the final fight out of the equation here. But, like, he ate some big shots from both those guys he fought going into that final. And yeah. it would, I would really like to see him fight Justin Schmidt. Just, I mean, just just for the entertainment value, regardless of the tournament. I think it'd be one hell of a fight, and I think 
after watching what Tebow did, I'm not going to say I'm just blanket statement, but I think Smoke and Cornell would would have had competition for fight of the night. I completely agree. Yep. And uh, down the line, hopefully we do see that fight. And uh, yeah, and I hopefully Schmidt can come back to Ice Wars and uh, Tebow comes back to it, and uh, and we get we get to see it because right now I tell you. That was all the, I think I even said it on the preview show when we were, I, everybody's going to just think I'm this degenerate gambler, but when we were looking at the, at the odds and betting on the fights and stuff, I'm like, this is actually the one fight I probably wouldn't have put any money on. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I couldn't give you the, I, I didn't feel comfortable picking any, if I had to bet, I wouldn't have picked comfortable picking either of them. I wouldn't have been real. There was a few of the fights I had complete confidence in, but that oh, one, that one was, uh, I, I might just watch this for entertainment value and not bet on this one. Cause, uh, yeah, that would have been a beauty tilt, man. And that really could have, could go either way. I would have bet on it just because I'm a de- degenerate gambler who will bet on anything. Yeah. I, I mean, can't tell you who I would have bet on. Yeah, me too. i who am I kidding? I would have put something on it, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll bet on Kazakhstani table tennis. So, you know, I'm betting on Justin Smith versus Debo. Yeah, exactly. Well, and as I'm sitting here, I could actually probably say if I was putting money down, I would have bet on Schmidt. Cause I mean, I picked him in the Prior. preview show to win. So I'm like, cause I wouldn't have had the hindsight, right? So I yep. said in the preview show, I was picking Schmidt. So I'm assuming that's who I would have bet on. Prior, prior to, you know, Right now, looking back, I would have picked Schmidt. Right now, it'd be it'd be difficult to tell you who I'd put my money on. Oh, if but Ice Wars four I, came, I would, I would yeah, I'd put my money on it being one hell of a fight. Yeah, if Ice Wars four came around and that's like that's a fight is Schmidt versus Tebow. That's a tough bet. Now, I don't know. My I'm not completely like on, in the preview show. Oh yeah, Schmidt. But yeah, now I'm like eh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that one now. But, uh, yeah. What I'd probably end up doing is throwing the money on whoever uh, the bookmaker picks as the underdog and just just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably it right there. Um, well, there we go, folks. That's the review of the show and the what-ifs. And, um, yeah, again, uh, as I said on the top of the show, uh, you know, when it was first, when I initially watched it, um I, I I was pretty critical of it. Um, rewatching it, um, I I softened quite a bit. Um, the fights were were very were really entertaining. I mean, I know we talked about the stop and start and the helmets and the general shenanigans that go on, um, but overall, the fights were good. Um, some real some really good ones. Um, I don't know, in in. Uh, you know, we'll get to our little, you know, our grievances here at the end. But uh, just as we, as you look at the at at the final here or the the final card, and what, what was your final feelings on Ice Wars Three? Give me give me one second here. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but uh, it is now pissing like a or grinning like a cow pissing on a flat rock with the rain bouncing off the fireplace. So I'm going to uh, move out of here and hopefully get to a little quieter area. Um. I mean, final thoughts, I think, like you said, I was much, much more critical of it at first watch. Um, watching it again, I thought all of the fighters did a fantastic job. 
Like it was, it was a great event to watch the fights. I think the production could have been better. I mean, there was a lot of little things, um, like the color and play-by-play guys. They they didn't even have any notes for the fighters. It was literally like the fighter one sheets where they were reading off just tail of the tape and like hometown. Yeah, um, I know Phil. I Phil. Phil G, I apologize. I don't know how to how to pronounce your last name. You did a fantastic job in both the first two ice wars. Um, I think this event missed your uh, missed your insight. Um, but at the same time, I thought Chris Terrian did another a fantastic job on color. Um, and the gentleman that had to play by play did did as best as he could with the limited knowledge available to him. Um. I you know, we we've mentioned it three, four, five, fifteen times already. I think they need to figure out something to do with the helmets. Yes. That's the biggest issue I had. That and and I, I apologize, but why the hell is Cato Kalen even involved in this thing? Yeah. But overall I think it was absolutely worth twenty bucks. Um I know we joked about it during the first fight, but when they came through the boards, it was nice to see the guys there actually right there to fix it as the fight went on. There was no downtime fixing the boards. Um, the third guy in the booth, I, I think it was Ian Heinich, uh, an, MMA, an MMA guy. I don't think he added a whole lot. Um, but overall... I think they did a great job with what was available in the small venue in a city that's three times the elevation of the first two the the, the first two events, and top to bottom, it, it, it's definitely worth a watch. No, absolutely, definitely worth the watch. I completely agree with you on the helmets. Um, While well, our friend Yuka there in Finland, uh, when they had the event there, they had like they actually put a lot of thought into the helmets and the straps and everything else. Whoever they used at that event, Ice Wars needs to get a hold of um, and get there because those helmets never came off at Ice Warriors. Um, that, w- that would help. Um, I think the refs, you got to give them the, the heads up a little bit uh, initially. I know because they were really real gung-ho there to break stuff up in the first couple fights. They le- they got a little better as the thing went on. I mean, they're learning too. It's their first event. But, uh, you know, I like the, you know, uh, Dallas and, and the other uh, refs were, uh, I thought, did a little better job in the first couple ice wars um, back at Edmonton. Um, the one thing I will say, and... And I and I said and I kind of mentioned I don't know who I was, it might have been Alec that I was talking to when we were when the show was going on. I know AJ was you know being a big wrestling fan and everything growing up. Uh, everybody knows that story. I'm also a big wrestling fan. I think that was missed a lot in this one. And again, it comes down to the venue and how it's set up. I understand that, but I think going forward, when you're looking for venues, this is just again I'm throwing this. I don't think I brought this up with you yet. Um, I really liked, especially at Ice Wars 2, the entrances. When they came out, oh, on absolutely. The, out on the stage, they had the big screen with their picture on it. Then they came down the stairs, the smoke's going, and they got, and each guy had like a, a theme music, the entrance music, and you could hear it. 
and the fans got into it, you know, and they're clapping hands as they're going by people, or else in Divine's case, he could have been sneering at them, whatever, you know, and they got the tunes playing, and there was that walk to the ring, and each guy was separate, and you could bring out their personality and the song that they had, and the way they came out to their entrance, a little bit of pageantry, you definitely need that. In this one, it looked like they were coming out of the coat check room, and then three steps, they were out onto the ice. You barely even heard any of their music. Um, again, I understand with the venue, that's just what you had to had to do. So, okay, I think going forward, as a promoter, that's what I would look for: is room where you could have that walk to the stage or to the rink, and have that, like I said, the pageantry of it and the entrance and the walk up music and all that. People dig oh, that I- shit. Absolutely, and it's, I mean, you want that. You want that, you know, the, the walk-up song from baseball. You want that, you know, that signature moment rather than having a guy like Zach Hughes having to walk down the three steps backwards because he can barely make it to the the ice box. Yeah. And it's, like, like we talked about earlier, when you, I know, like, AJ was really promoting, you know, it's a new sport, but when you get down to brass tacks, it's a hockey fight, regardless of everything else going around it. And it's it's a hockey fight, not during a hockey game. And you know, I've been on your show, we've talked about it enough. I love the sideshow aspect of it. I love the circus aspect of it. You need to embrace that. Because you're not going to see any more people get involved if they think, well, this is just, you know, boxing on ice. You need to embrace that niche, embrace that, that carny aspect of it, and just go absolutely over the top with it. Yeah, you need, well, you not only need the, the, the fights on the ice, but you need, if you don't need to see the steak, you need the sizzle too. And there has to be some pageantry to it. You have to give these guys, cause the personality comes out in these guys when they're walking to the ring or their music or whatever. So you need that as well. That's as much as important as the fight. Like to sell the whole thing, the whole gimmick. You gotta sell the whole thing. You want the character of each guy to come out. And I also, what I liked about the first two, going back on video and watching, is the rink was really lit up and then everything else was dark. So it had like a real big fight feel to it. Like, you know, it almost looked like wrestling, like WWE, like when they're wrestling and it's dark out there. So you just focus in on the two guys fighting. In this last one, when it's, again, I understand the venue and everything, but you're fighting and as they're fighting, you look over and there's a Bud Light sign and then there's a, you know, a neon beer sign over here and it, cause you're in a, you're fighting in a bar. And then there's the bar in the background. And then, you know, some guys standing over there drinking a Coors Light playing Golden D. You know, it's like over in the background. It's like, okay, where I think if you had had it darkened and then the entrances and stuff, it, it has like a main event fight feel to it, like a big fight feel to it. Absolutely. That, and it's and in a venue like that, let, let's be honest, some some black curtains, you block off the bar. I don't need to see a neon Modelo sign. Yeah, when two guys are slinging punches. Yeah, and you, you don't need to cram one of the judges between, you know, the merchandise of the bar and the edge of the rink where my fat ass isn't even fitting. Yeah, and again, you know, th- there are limitations with the venue. I understand that, but I don't need to see the fact that there's only you know, 
I'm going to be generous, but there's only a hundred people there to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Because even in the, I know you didn't, you didn't get a chance to watch the first two live. Um, but when the first two were being broadcast, like it, I don't, I, I wasn't there. You were, it looked like there was like quite a few people there. And it's just, just little tricks of the camera where it doesn't make me as the visitor, sorry, the, the, the viewer think, well, there's only 40 people here. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Again, it's like the little, I, I know folks were, you know, we're just, Hey, we're just talking here. I mean, it's the aesthetics of the thing. And I mean, you know, somebody could say you're picking the fly shit out of the pepper and yeah, you know, whatever. Again, this isn't like it took me out of this and I just can't enjoy this because of this. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if, 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 if we're offering our two cents here as commentators, this is what we're doing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's the aesthetics of it. It's the, it's the little things. Like you said, blackout curtains, make it appear like that's what they always say. What is it in like designing with rooms and stuff? If you have a, you put mirrors in certain places, make rooms look bigger. Yes, this is what I mean. You you black out curtains. It just makes it look like a bigger venue than it is, and it's just and and it gives it a bigger. You're I to me, if I'm a promoter of this type of thing, everything I'm doing is surrounding is trying to make everything have a big fight feel to it. Absolutely, because that's that that's what it is. It's it's a prize fight on real or synthetic. It's a prize fight on ice. Yes, and. That's what you need to sell. Yeah. Yes. And, um, yeah. And it's like, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, hopefully going forward and that's always been the biggest thing with ice was for, since it started. The number one thing, and you've seen it in the comment section, everyone says it has to be on ice. That's everyone's major gripe with it. Like other people will be like, ah, oh, what the fuck? I just like watching it. It's cool. And I am in the same way. I, it, you know, if they had it on synthetic for the next 25 ice wars, I, yeah, you know, whatever. I don't care. But if you ask me, what do you prefer? Well, of course, I'd rather see it on ice. I'd like to see it look like I, like the black and blue tournament in 05. I'd Absolutely. like, and, and you know what? You're not going to, you're, you're going to see that third round between, Cornell and smoke. If it's on ice, yeah. you're going to see, I go again, nothing against Cole Johnson. He went in there, he put his body on the line, but you're not going to see Cole Johnson bow out because of a knee injury. You got a potential to see him. I, I apologize to him. You got a potential to see Travis check have a highlight real knockout in the second round. Yeah, you got yeah. the potential to see a, a lot better final fight between Tebow and Divine because Tebow's not nursing a knee injury because he got his blade caught in synthetic ice and uh, Callum Big Snake fell on him. Yeah, well, and you're also going to see a better showing out of the MMA guys because they've, yeah, because they've at least they, been on ice. Yeah, like we talked before. Yeah, Lockhart and Hughes they they've played rec league hockey before. Yeah, so they've been on actual ice as opposed to, I'm guessing that was probably both their first time on synthetic ice. Yeah. And it's pretty obvious. I mean, even just watching the guys when they're gassed out, they're walking on it like it's almost like they're walking on the floor. Yeah. So you know the edges are biting in even deeper. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, 
I know that's been their struggle and that's, you know, with their venue and everything else, but I would, I would, that would be my going forward for Charlie and the, and the, and the production crew and everything else. That would be my goal, um, for my, you know, my, my advanced scouting team is to find a venue. Cause obviously you're not going to go in oh where the, you know, the NHL team plays. I mean, no, you're not going to do that, but you need to find a small, maybe a junior rink, minor league rink. Even if you block it off, have it on the ice, but you get a venue that has about, what we were saying, a great thing would be like in Montreal and go to one of these LNAH rink, like the old Laval House of Pain, you know, holds 1,500, 2,000 people, could put it right in the rink. Like, I think that would be awesome. And I, that, and I yeah, you, you brought that up all, you know, we were talking off the air and you, you could essentially carpet off the entire rink except for center ice. And then you get the pageantry of those guys coming out to their walkout song, walking through the crowd of tables set out on the ice to center ice. And you know, especially especially in the vault of any place on the face of the earth, they're going to pack that rink and they're going to have ice year out. Yeah, and and you have the one guy come from the one entrance and the other guy come from the other entrance, so you have like different dressing rooms, really separate the combatants and then again you have that big fight feel and uh and i think that would be and you have the music blaring and and the whole nine yards and uh i i think that would be i think that would add a lot to the event um it would and you're gonna open it up to more to more potential fighters as well yeah yeah because they see it and it's a it looks like a big fight big deal you know and uh yeah, and if you're only say you're you're making X amount of money, do you want to go and fight? And this is no offense to the bar; I've never been to the bar in Cheyenne, Wyoming. But are do you want to make X amount of money to go and fight in a bar in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or do you want to make the same amount of money to go in a fight in a bar or at, at a rink that's half an hour half an hour outside of Montreal? Yeah, where like the, you know, the Chiefs played and it's like the House of Pain banners hanging from their banner, from the roof and, and minor league fans know about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I, and I think it would, it would just help just the overall experience of the, for the viewer watching it. And, uh, yeah. But these at are the all end just... of the day, that, that, that's, that's what you need to do at the end of the day is it's, it's putting butts in seats and putting eyes on a pay per view. And anything you can do to sell that more is going to push this to the next level. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I'm really looking forward to it. And again, I'll say this, you know, if they announce, Hey, ice wars four is going to be back in Cheyenne, Wyoming. It's not like all of a sudden, Oh, fuck these guys. I'm not watching that. No, I'm still tuning in wholeheartedly and they're going to get my money again. And we're going to do another preview show and we'll be betting on it and everything else. So, I mean, they could go have it in a parking lot at a Stuckey's in North Carolina for all I care, but I'll, I'll still always watch it. But these are oh, just absolutely, yeah. These are just opinions as two assholes sit here drinking beer on a Saturday night and throwing our two cents in that nobody asked for. But it's uh, you know, at the end of the day, I love it. I love Ice Wars, and uh, I'm glad it's going around. And I and I I hope Ice Wars Four happens, and we we get to sit and talk about more fights and. You know, some different characters and we see some different matchups and hey, and the people down in Florida can, uh, can, can see Ice Wars. You know, that's what I told, 
I think it was James Brooks and I were talking. I said, holy shit, you can go down, go see the mouse and get punched in the face. What more do you want on a family trip? Yeah, if it's, I'm, you know, again, I don't know if it's been mentioned, we are where in Florida. Um, but if it's, if it's where they're talking about in Florida, it's round trip, nonstop flight from my local airport for like two and a quarter. Yep. So it'd be, that that's something where I, I would love it to be down there or hell. If it's in Cheyenne, talk, uh, Talk to man who was more interested in seeing Barbie than talking fights tonight. I told him before, I said, you drive out there together. Well, and then Dr. Chris will be I'll, back I'll from Africa, that. too. That's right. I'll, I'll, I'll make that, make the drive to that, 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 uh, I, I apologize to, uh, I, to put it delicately, that, uh, country centric bar in Cheyenne. All right, we're uh, we're back here. Uh, we ha- we had a little drop call here, but we're back. But we- but you were talking about the country centric bar in Wyoming. Yep, yeah, politely put, uh, I'll if if Mud Show will fly up here to Chicago, I will drive out there the thirteen hour drive from Chicago to the uh, lovely establishment known as Outlaws, and I would be front and center for Ice Wars Four if it's there. Um, if it's in Florida, I'll do my best to be there. I just. I love the event, regardless of anything that you know the tertiary events going on. I, I love the event, and I I guess I can understand what you were saying how some people aren't Ice Wars fans, but I find it hard to believe if you're a fan of hockey fights. At the end of the day, that's what it is, and just because a guy is not fighting to defend a teammate, you know when there's the quote-unquote stage fight off the draw, they're still fighting for a paycheck. And they're doing the same thing here. They're fighting for a paycheck to to make their life a little bit better. So they're putting – it's it's very real to them. Whether you think it's real or not, it's it's as real to them as it is when they're fighting for somebody on their team. And I I find it – it's difficult for me not to understand how – there's as much or more emotion in that than a fight during a hockey game. Um, and regardless of where it is, when it is, how it is, I'm going to support this going forward as much as I can. Cause I think it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic idea and a fantastic event. And I appreciate you, Darren, having, you know, me and Al gone for the preview shows for the review shows and you pumping the tires for these events as much as you do. Because at the end of the day, I am a fan of hockey fights, and I appreciate you doing what you can to promote this event, which is literally essentially a dream come true for a hockey fight fan like myself. Well, no, well, thank you. No, and I completely agree, 100%. And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, we always laugh because back in high school, we'd always thought, imagine if they did a fight tournament and all that, and here it is, right? So, um yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, again, I like I said, at the end, our, our little suggestions and whatever, our gripes, bitches, whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just, like I said, we're just here talking, throwing out our, you know, hey, you know, you could maybe do this and our two cents. But at the end of the day, I'm with you. I am a huge Ice Wars fan, fan first. And uh, and anything I can do on this show to promote it and to promote the fighters, I will do so. Uh, and 
for as long as Ice Wars is around. So, um, no, absolutely. And I want to thank, as I always say, I always thank you and Alec for coming on and doing these shows. And I always have a lot of fun. These are my favorite shows, I think, are the preview and the review shows. And, uh, yeah, it's always a good time. And, uh, and you guys come prepared. And, uh, I'm, and I've, I've, and I'm not just saying this because whatever, but I've mentioned it a bunch of times, but, I've, I've always gotten really positive feedbacks on our, on our preview and review shows. And it's, uh, you know, and I'm very proud of the, to put them out and especially, and, uh, with the preview shows and, and everything. And, uh, yeah, the fact that people tune in and, uh, want to hear our thoughts is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, that, that blows me away that there's people all, literally all over the world tuning into your shows to hear idiots like me and you and Alec talking about a hockey fight tournament at a bar in Cheyenne, Wyoming. It's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah. It it's, is. It's, 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 it's humbling. I'll admit it. It's actually humbling. Yes. And you, and I had the one gentleman tell me that, uh, old Jay here, uh, well, out of the three, yeah, he's definitely got the best radio voice. I'm like, well, there you go. He's got the best radio face too. I'll tell you, but <laughs> that's, that is 100% accurate folks. But there we go. But anyway, man, uh, Thank you very much for coming on and doing this show, and I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. And I guess we'll—I'll uh, probably have you on before that. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll—we'll we'll talk to you again when it's a, the Ice Wars Four preview show. Sounds sounds like a plan, man. You have a good night, Darren. You too, man. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 